0: A quick note before we get into the episode. Oversharing is a podcast for entertainment purposes only. It is not a medical podcast and does not constitute medical or psychological advice. Always seek the advice of your physician or a mental health professional. Hello and welcome back to Oversharing. I'm Jordana Abraham
1: and I'm Dr. Naomi Bernstein. How's everything? It's going good. We're into September. Somebody has a birthday coming up. Yes. Well, Me and Maddie. And Maddie her, too, yeah. Yes. It's her 10th. That's kind of a big one. Oh, wow. One. That yeah. is big. That's it's my 34th. Not, not as big. No, it's like might as well not even happen. Not a thing. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, I'm like, a, I'm, 34 is like, I've heard this from people, my friends my who are my age who've turned 34 this year. It's like... It does feel like you're a lady. No. <laughs> it's you know. true.
1: You yeah. are you are a lady. You're a lovely, lovely lady. I feel like a lot of people have birthday emotions. Do you have like birthday emotions or are you just kind of like, all right, it's my mm-hmm. birthday?
0: I think like it depends on the birthday. It's annoying for me, I think, with like the fertility stuff because I do feel like I thought I would have kids by this age. Mm-hmm. So there is a sense of like, I'm not where I wanted to be at this point in terms of that. Right. Although there are other aspects of my life where I'm further ahead than I thought I would be at this point. So it's kind of like, you know, depends how you look at it. And I try not to get like too bogged down in feeling
1: that way. But I I would be lying if I said it didn't like, make me a little sad, I think. Yeah. Totally. And that's, it's funny, because that's one of the questions that we're going to answer today is like the timeline thing. And like, what do these numbers mean of like, Mm -hmm. well, we've been dating for, you know, 14 months, or I've been trying for 12 months, or I'm 35 years, or I'm 39 years, like, what does this all really mean, especially when it comes to the difference of like, a day, between when you were 33, and now you're 34, like, you know,
0: right no it's true it just kind of like it feels like again 34 feels like i'm a fully grown woman but like without maybe some of the things that you would imagine come along with that but it's interesting i mean it's it, it isn't the timeline stuff so interesting and so i'm always sort of like jealous or in awe of people who are not affected by that mm-hmm. i think there are many women who are just kind of like not concerned about hitting certain milestones at the same times as other people, or you know, not in a rush to do anything and are just having fun. And I always like, when I see those people, I'm like, I'm just like, I, I wish I could have that mental state,
1: you right. know? You're not thinking, why aren't you panicking? Like, <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> right. which is funny because if it, when it's you, you're thinking like, you better panic. But when it's someone okay. else, you're not thinking that, like you can stay kind of cool with whatever is happening. And you know, that's, that's the hardest part. Birthdays are that, that I think it's a good reminder that like you have this urge to be on a timeline and you're gonna have this automatic thought about mm-hmm. your timeline, but then to be like, shh, quiet, I'm fine. Right. Everything's Doesn't fine. Yeah. And it does, you know, I think if you can let go and we'll talk about this more as we move into the show, but if you can let go of the idea that it needs to happen in a certain way Mm -hmm. then that can free you up to be like, this is going to happen for me. It just might happen in a way that's different than how I thought it was going to happen.
0: Yeah. And I think that's like the big mental hump to get over. And I think I've done, I've made a lot of progress with that. And almost you kind of have to in order to survive this whole feeling of like, oh, it needs to happen now. I'm kind of like, all right, I have like faith that it will happen and it'll happen when it's, like gonna happen and i'm giving i've given up on it's gonna happen exactly when i say it's gonna happen yes
1: (laughs) totally yeah Yeah. and i i mean when you really get there if you really get there i think there'll be just freedom in that because then there'll be another thing right that you want to have happen in a certain timeline
0: I agree. Like, if I can get to that place, if I can, like, get over that mental hump, then I think that it will serve me in a lot of other ways.
1: There's two big ones that I think happen for a lot of people. And one is, like, meeting their person Mm -hmm. and, like, having a baby if that's something that you're trying to do. Because they're very much, like, in the hands of the universe. Right. So that's what makes those things. Versus, like, if you want a promotion, if you literally want a promotion badly enough, you can, like stay late and take classes and brown nose and do all the things that you need to do to get there and it feels like a lot more within your control than some of these like you know yeah
0: especially if you're in like a traditional job Mm -hmm. of sorts and you're not like I mean it's funny I talked to Jared a lot and he's talked about his Netflix special Right. Like, all right, if you're listening, but that's the kind of thing where it's like it doesn't feel like it's like a linear. Like everyone gets it if they just work hard enough. Right. So I think it's kind of like maybe that's more like akin to marriage and children for totally. a lot of people, where yes. it kind of feels like you need a little bit of that like special magic sauce to, to get yes. to that point. It's interesting. <laughs> you're
1: right. That's a different thing, and I think that you know, it, it, especially in things like that that are like art based you know, like what Jared's doing, or even like, you know, Jeff's, you know, a musician, and he's super talented, and he's been doing it for a really long Mm -hmm. time. But it's the kind of thing where like, you could just be doing this for decades and never, you know, achieve the level of quote, unquote, success that you're looking to achieve. And I think for some people, that's the equivalent of like having a baby or meeting a partner or whatever that is. So yeah, I, I think there is more to it than just, and that stuff is kind of, fate universe too does somebody watch your special that has some power Connection. yeah yeah
0: right yeah it's all sort of just like the and it's funny when i wouldn't when get overly anxious thinking about that stuff in the timelines and i guess we'll again we'll get into it because we have an email that's about this exactly you know it almost helps to be a little like nihilistic or and to just think like none of it really matters like nothing really <laughs> <Yes>. matters
1: <laughs> i actually like that's what i think about when i always talk about like the book the untethered soul and like we are just like a piece of rock spinning in this like enormous universe that like is a speck of dust really so like you know let's just enjoy the ride because like it's gonna come and it's gonna go and like none of it really matters just gonna die eventually anyway (laughs) so
0: (laughs) who cares if i have a kid this year or
1: next right (laughs) it does
0: kind of like a little bit take the edge off of that kind of thing right to an extent well know?
1: it makes you and this is where I come back to all the time makes you feel like it's all in your head when you if you want this and you care and you tell yourself you care mm-hmm. then you want it and that's all you think about it. and that's your entire experience is like waking up and wanting a baby and going to sleep and wanting a baby and and at lunchtime right. you want a baby and like because that's what your focus is versus you know just being like whatever I think about, that's what my experience is. is.
0: Yeah. And it's true just because like not every day is like, has like a little bit of like that sadness and thinking about it. Like some days I don't think about it at all. Yeah. And so like, that's just a different day. It's like, same me, like I'm here, I'm the same person. Yes. And it's just like, some days I feel shitty about it and some days I like having a great time. Right.
1: So I imagine,
0: I mean, I haven't really experienced like grief over like a real, person that intensely before but I imagine that that's what they've said that grief often feels like mm-hmm. it's kind of like always a little bit with you but it's not like every day is a, like horrible sad day like yeah. some days you think about it and you get sad and other days you
1: don't and you have a nice day yes totally <laughs> I would imagine all right let's get to some of these listeners questions because they're very applicable to what we're talking about
0: Yes, let's do it. And if you have a question and you want to leave us a voicemail, you can leave us one at 646-363-6294, or you can email us at oversharing at com. There is nothing better than feeling yourself, especially when your denim looks and feels good. That's why Lee is a staple in my wardrobe, because everyone is an icon in their own right, and Lee makes denim so you can own your style and feel good about it. I got a few Lee pieces that I absolutely love. They've been a wardrobe staple of mine ever since I got them. I just keep basically like switching between the two or three jeans that I got. Every time that I wash them, they get more comfortable and they get more fitted and more flattering to me. I love that they flatter every body type. They're timeless. So you can wear them at any point. I love that the jeans feel like comfortable yet flattering. I don't know how they do it. It's actually an art and they have mastered it. Lee's denim jacket is the one to reach for without fail, a classic. The rider jean jacket is the OG what every other brand has copied for decades. Denim trends come and go, but Lee is legendary for creating denim cuts that fit your body. Their spring collection is here, so get the freshest looks and cuts before anyone else. You can find your Lee fits by visiting lee.com. That's l e e to shop spring looks now. Okay, I will read the first one our overshare of the week. Dear Jordana and Dr. Naomi, I love your podcast, found your podcast from You Up, and have never looked back. As Jared says, you are on my podcast, rotation. Love it. (laughs) So here is the situation. I've been dating my current boyfriend for the past eight months. He is 32, I'm 25. He has been in a few long-term relationships before me, but he is my first relationship. We love each other, and he is truly someone I could see myself ending up with long-term. However, throughout the relationship, he has never posted me on social media. I also have never asked or questioned why he doesn't post me and hopes it would be on his time and to give the relationship more time. He does not post on his main feed a ton, but he does post fairly regularly on his stories. Just last week, he posted a happy birthday story for one of his friends. Then, recently, it was my birthday, and I thought maybe this would be the moment he would post me and wish me a happy birthday like I do for my friends and what I did for him on his birthday but he didn't, nope. I asked him straight up later in the night why he didn't post me on social media. Not in a yelling way. (laughs) I know exactly what she means. Not in a yelling way, but in a curious way. It's, It's a tough, it's a tough feat. He said he knew I would eventually ask about this and goes on to explain that he prefers to keep his relationships private. He says that he used to post his girlfriends on social media, but when they broke up, it was really painful for him to go back and delete the pictures and relive the memories. He said that he knows he should post me, he loves me, and he wants to show me off to the world, but he is scared because if we do break up, then going through the process of deleting our pictures would be too painful. For me, I can't even relate to the pain because he is my first relationship, but I'm pretty sure it is really emotional to go through that process. I completely understand and empathize with what he's saying. When he told me his reasoning why, I was relieved because I kept having irrational fears that he didn't post me because he was secretly dating someone on the side or embarrassed of me. Again, cannot stress irrational, but hey, I'm human and have these thoughts. But here are my questions for you. Although I do understand where he's coming from, I can't help but feel disappointed and sad that I don't get to experience, for lack of better words, the experience of being posted on social media. Most of my close friend group have boyfriends that post them on social media, and I wish mine would post me, even if it was just a story once in a while. It's also not just because my friends have social media presence on their partner's profiles that I want it, but it's also just the excitement of seeing that my boyfriend wants people to know he is with me and is proud of being up to post me on his profile. I do post him occasionally on my stories and I like the idea of people knowing I'm with him and love him. Is this something we could compromise on or am I asking too much or forcing him to do something he doesn't want to do organically? How can I get over the feeling of unfairness because I'm denied this opportunity because of his past relationships? I know social media is not about a relationship is built around, but I do put some significance to it. Ironically, I blame social media for making posts and stories of partners so significant. Haha! Ha. Any thoughts on the subject matter? I'm sure a lot of other people are going through similar
1: situations. Thanks. Never going to go viral. Aw. Yeah. What do you think? You know, I... I like that they touched on it, and they started talking about it, and he didn't make her feel crazy, and was sort of like, I knew this question was coming. So he's self-aware. I think there's more to lean into there, perhaps, if this fear of them breaking up is so much in the forefront of his mind that he's not posting her. You know, like almost she's going to have stuff at your place, you have photos on your phone, like there's going to be other things that are going to be painful. This seems like a very specific way to protect yourself. But yeah. I I do and I'm not saying he's not telling the truth. I'm sure he is and he really is fearful of that and brought that up, but I do you know, I think there's more to lean into like why is he what's going on that he's afraid that they're going to break up? Is there something that he's mm-hmm. worried like this might be honestly an opening for a conversation eight months in of like what do you think like what are your concerns what are your fears if we broke up why do you think we would break up like what you know what's I think maybe this might just be a place to lean into that conversation to see why this is something that he's so afraid of
0: I don't want to be cynical but I don't think he's telling the truth
1: you don't because
0: I don't think he's telling the truth because a Instagram story disappears in 24 hours. So you don't have to worry about all the crying that he's gonna have to do as he goes through right. the pictures Well that one was the compromise.
1: I was thinking that's a good compromise. Right. It's just to be like, okay, so post it on your story, then it's gone.
0: Yeah. I think to me, like that's why wouldn't that have already occurred to him?
1: So you have like a bullshit shit radar going off yes, right now.
0: He's posting birthday stories to his friends, but he doesn't post one to his girlfriend of eight months that will dis again, that will disappear in a day. I think he's hiding something. He's hiding something from someone, somewhere, personally. Again, I don't want to be that person. I hope I'm wrong. But, like, to me, I the, the feed posts, and, again, most people don't really post that many feed posts. I've never gotten a birthday post from Mike, if you're listening. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> but... I think absolutely no mention of someone anywhere on their social media just rings a little shady to me. Especially if you're doing birthday posts for for everyone else, for other people, like a friend. Like, why would you... Most people don't even do that. So that to Mm. me says you're like a frequent social media user. And I think this is like a sort of an excuse for something else that he's being kind of weird about. And I think for her, it's okay to be like, I I think there's this feeling of like social media is stupid. So if I care about it, like it's stupid. But that's not the world that we live in. Like this is, she's 25 years old in 2023. Yes. People's entire lives are lived on social media. And like, it is not a small thing. It is a big part of people's lives. And if your social media is showing people who you are and you're not showing at all someone that you're fully dating. Right. I would be very concerned with how committed, like you said, they are to the relationship.
1: Right. Right, and I think you can get at it in either of those two ways. I think you can either be like, what's your concern? Like, why are you worried about us breaking up? Mm-hmm. And also, and possibly simultaneously be like, you can post me on a story if that's really what you're concerned about. So like, what I think she can have a follow-up conversation about that because I agree that kind of pokes a hole in what he's trying to say if that's really what it's about. This is the this is the version of the two of us walking down Times Square and me taking the flyers. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> and you are and you, uh, yeah. just like, you know, kicking them to the side, yeah. smacking. Like, don't them. look at don't look anyone in the
0: eye. <laughs> yeah. Just keep walking. Right. Eyes eyes ahead. They'll think you want to sleep with them. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> it's it's very true, but I see I see your point. And I think that if there is a very reasonable compromise, and that's something that he's also not willing to do, even if it's just like, this would make me feel better. What's no, it's really no skin off his back to do it, especially if he does it in the story. And if he really doubles down, I just feel like this, if this is true, and he's making up this elaborate lie, that's pretty devious.
0: I mean, maybe there's like an a small element of truth to it in the fact that like, it was kind of annoying to delete the the pictures, but I just don't believe that would, it just doesn't make sense with his storyline. And I also just think like, for as true as that might be, there are so many guys who maybe like, have like little flirtation, not saying that he's like cheating on her necessarily or anything like that. I'm just saying like, Mm -hmm. you have like little flirtations and you like people thinking that you were single. right? And to post someone that is clearly like, if he posted a birthday post for her, it would signal to all those people that he is yes. not. Yes. And so I think I think it is important in 2023 if you're active on social media and you're dating someone that you care about to show someone that because if you're showing people your life,
1: right, it's kind of like the dating equivalent of wearing a wedding ring. It's like you're putting it out there that you're in a relationship and you're not hiding it. Yeah.
0: I would I would put this like exactly like that. I would say this is the equivalent to nineteen ninety a guy saying, I just don't like wearing a wedding ring.
1: Right. Right. Like Yeah.
0: Why? Yep.
1: Right. <laughs> totally. Right. Yeah. I uh I I can see this. Oh, I feel bad for this guy tonight after this episode airs. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I don't mean
0: to like I she feels like she but I, I feel bad because she feels like I feels like she believes what he's saying. And I'm not saying I'm definitely right, but to mm-hmm. me a little detector is going up about someone who posts frequently,
1: posts on a, a
0: medium that allows it to
1: disappear. And if we're going to go down the rabbit hole, which I'll just indulge down the rabbit hole for a second, it does seem like if he's, you know, active enough where he's posting his his other friends and like, you know, I just I I mm-hmm. agree that him posting other people's birthdays and not hers is like I don't know that's offensive I think I could see why she would feel offended by that
0: we're in a weird time where it feels like you're being a little crazy to care about that like it feels lame to care about that but I don't think that the world that we live in we've gotten to a point where like that is an important way to show people Mm -hmm. who you are
1: yeah I think she could ma- try to make the compromise with like, okay, then post it on the, your story and it'll disappear and you won't. We, this won't be an issue. And it'll make right. me feel better. Like you're not hiding our relationship and you won't have to deal with if this is the case, deleting the photos. But like, even if she doesn't want to go there, it's like, well, let's talk about your doubts about the relationship. Because whether he's having doubts about the relationship so that he wants to appear to be single or he's mm-hmm. having doubts about the relationship where he's so afraid that they're going to break up and it's going to be emotional or whatever it is let's just let's just talk about that
0: i agree and she says about the relationship you know like she's taking it very seriously we love each other and he's truly someone i could see myself ending up with long term so if he's like i don't want to delete the pictures of you when we break up and she's like well i see us being together long term so -hmm. like let's discuss the difference in where we see the relationship going yes
1: for sure. And, the, you know, again, the more I'm th- now I'm thinking about it, it's like, Sorry, if, I planted the seed in your brain. Yes. If this was a thing that people were afraid of, there would be so many more women that were like, I'm not going to post my boyfriend because I'm afraid we're going to break up. And then they're going to have to go through the process of like, there's almost something therapeutic about going through the process. Yeah. Of, deleting the photos and you cry and you feel and you do the thing I haven't heard of too many girls that are like I don't want to have to delete these photos later so I'm not going to post them
0: exactly and no one's like don't leave your sweatshirt here because like if we break up I'm I'm going to have to like figure out how to get back to you and it's going to be too painful I just just seems like a little like too hmm I don't know I don't buy it all right I hope I'm wrong please email us with an update when you get this it just seems shady I just appear, it it feels, especially because it's eight months, right? So he wasn't single that long ago. And I'm not saying he's even like this terrible guy who's got like three girlfriends or something like that. Right. But I think maybe he has some loose ends from his single days that he is not ready to fully cut off. Yeah, perhaps. Let's see. Give us an update. Social media, just compared to when you were dating, I feel like, there's so many ways to contact people. Yes. Like, and it feels casual and it feels so light and meaningless. And maybe, you know, someone, there's still a girl that he dated a year ago that responds to his Instagram stories and maybe he likes the attention. It could be like that innocent, not innocent kind of thing. Yeah, either way, it's not
1: good. Yeah. Even if that's what it is, if she's thinking about like a future with him, like long term, that's not, that's not a great mindset to be in yeah right like i just want to I, I want some people to still think i'm single because i like the attention like nobody wants that from right. their boyfriend
0: i agree ask him get yeah. into it
1: and look there's yeah. just little side note people like attention people in relationships like attention that's something if that's something that he likes or needs or wants or that would help him feel better in a committed relationship that he can still like go out with his friends and like talk to girls but like you're aware of it and you know what this thing is and you know he's coming back to you and you set boundaries like no exchanging numbers and no like arm on the shoulder or no, what you know like couples have those conversations like yeah you like to go out and feel pretty you like to go out and feel like girls are interested in you i get it it's like a normal thing so let's just call it out talk about it and how do we set boundaries around it
0: yeah that's another way to go about it too in, in a um not yelling but curious, <laughs> curious. <as> she says
1: <laughs> yeah i've um, tried
0: to it's so funny how often i'm like that's going to be my way of getting into this conversation and, and it's for it two seconds a little yelling
1: <laughs> you start off with i'm curious about why, why you would do that right <laughs>
0: If you're looking for simple but quality products for your five-minute makeup routine or you want full-faced glam that'll stun on a night out, Thrive Cosmetics has a full line of makeup to refresh your everyday look. Thrive Cosmetics beauty products are certified 100% vegan and cruelty-free. Made with clean, skin-loving ingredients, high-performance and trademark formulas, and uncompromising standards. It's easy to see why their bestsellers have thousands of five-star reviews. One of my favorite things about my Thrive products, and I love the mascara. I wear it on every single recording I have because it looks like I'm wearing eyelash extensions, but I'm not. I also love that Thrive Cosmetics supports communities that I care about. I also love Thrive's new Brilliant Eye Brightener. It's a highlighter stick made to brighten, and open your eyes, giving you an instant eye lift. Just apply to the inner corner of your eyes to look rested and effortless. You can use it as an eyeshadow for a perfect daytime glow or use the metallic shades for an easy smoky eye. The Foolproof Formula makes it extremely easy to apply and blend any of the 16 shades. Perfect for five-minute makeup or full face glam. Refresh your everyday look with Thrive Cosmetics, luxury beauty that gives back. Right now you can get an exclusive ten percent off your first order at Thrivecosmetics.com slash oversharing. That's Thrive Cosmetics, C A U S E M E T I C S dot com slash oversharing for ten percent off your first
1: order. Stop, That's just this. Let's do it. I'll read this. Love the podcast and hoping for some unbiased insight. My husband and I have been together for eight years. I grew up with a close knit family and I know it's unfair to expect this dynamic for every family. But when I met my husband, he said he felt similarly about the importance of family. He's not as close to his siblings as I am. His parents are amicably separated, but he is close to his mom. And there were still plenty of family traditions throughout the year that I developed solid relationships with his side too. Most of these traditions involved his dad, who is a big part of our lives. My husband and his dad were always very different people, but he was never a glaring issue until we had our first child, a son who is close to 18 months old now. Within a few months of my son's arrival, my husband had a bit of a quote awakening that caused him to reevaluate every aspect of his childhood and decide that his father was not to mince words, terrible, emotionally manipulative and controlling everyone with money. What I see as a father looking to provide for his children and family, my husband sees as manipulating his kids. For example, apparently paying for a fancy private college for all the kids is a form of control because he encouraged one career path when my husband could not figure out what he wanted to do. And as many of us do, my husband now regrets that he did not study something else. At the start of all of this, they tried to talk it out, but my husband had some strong opinions and, quote, requirements that he wanted from a man in his 70s before he would agree to bury the hatchet. He has decided to become completely estranged from his father, even though no one else in the family has these same intense feelings. Is his dad perfect? No, but certainly not the demon my husband has decided he is. Therapy did not help my husband adequately move on from these feelings. We fought a lot about it in the beginning because I strongly disagree with his estrangement and now a man I have known for close to a decade is just cut from my life without any say from me and I feel like my son is being used as a power move by being denied a relationship with his grandfather. My husband knows I strongly disagree with the status of things and while I have respected some boundaries like not speaking directly to his dad, I send occasional holiday or birthday cards from quote our son. My husband knows I do this and makes his feelings known, but even though it's his family, aren't my feelings valid too? Based on conversations with my mother-in-law, I know my father-in-law is having a hard time with all of it, but he is also stubborn and there's no clear path forward. Am I a horrible wife for maintaining this backdoor communication? Do I just have to shut my mouth and accept that my son won't have a grandfather because of a choice my husband made? If this estrangement was in place before we met or shortly after, I think I would feel different, but this man was cut out of my life without my say after years of building a relationship and without some monumental life-shattering trauma or fight that would lead to a divide like this. What's a wife and mother to do when her son's chance at a relationship is being taken away because of a stubborn feud outside of his control? S-O-S. This is an interesting question.
0: Do you ever get anything like this?
1: Yeah, I think that what happens a lot is, and it might not be exactly in this form, but like your partner makes a big decision that you don't agree with. Right. And then how do you handle that? It's kind of like their life, their thing sort of. And this is like mostly, I think that, you know, she has this fear of her, you know, young son growing up without a grandfather on that side. So it does sort of affect her. But I think what ends up happening sometimes is when There's like a tangible thing that two people disagree about. Like we were talking about the curiosity and the openness and the empathy kind of goes out the door because when you Mm -hmm. talk about it, your objective becomes like, I don't like your decision and I want to convince you to change it. So then what ends up happening is the person gets like a little bit more entrenched in their decision because they have to protect it and they don't feel validated and they don't feel heard. I'm sure if nobody else feels this way about the dad, the wife doesn't feel this way about the dad, he might just be getting all this, like you're crazy, you're being, you're over, you know, you're overreacting or whatever. So I get what she's doing is like, she's like, feels like this is overreacting. And I guess it does from the way she's describing it, at least this one side of the story does seem like an intense reaction to I wanted my son to be a lawyer and now he hates being a lawyer and it was he's blaming it on his dad
0: Yeah, it does sound like an overreaction and I wonder what his I wonder what his side would sound like if it would sound like that because this is also someone she married so if he's
1: like super irrational you would feel like she would know that right maybe at this point so yeah maybe there's more to it or I think I'm part of me feels like maybe if she was more of an ally i get where she comes from this seems like an overreaction but maybe there is some like deeper childhood wound that's not being seen and this act of estrangement is like his power over this in some way so i i wonder if the dynamic would shift if she was kind of like just tried to soften around it and like even if it was Fake it till you make it, or just curiosity, or just like kind of letting him be with this decision a little bit more and like asking him more questions, asking him to talk about it, asking him to share about it, like allowing him to have his feelings around it. If he would end up, if he knew that she was an ally and like his dad, he's allowed to have his negative feelings, but he wouldn't need to go like balls to the wall on it, perhaps. Right.
0: No, that's a good point. If he felt she was like she was more understanding, he might open up but let's say he didn't let's say he's like very stuck in this way
1: is this something she just kind of has to accept yeah I mean I think she can also he could do the reverse for her which is I think he could sort of she could ask for him to listen to what her fears are to what her you know I'm afraid that like my son's being used as a pawn you know I'm afraid that he's going to be affected by being you know this relationship being taken out of his life completely, that I think is your issue with your dad, like letting him know, like your dad may have done that to you, but he's not gonna do that to our son because he's not in a position to do that to our son, you know? right? So yeah, letting him know, like, I'm on board. I don't like what your dad did to you. Like, you know, empathize, etc. But also the, you know, the father and this, like the husband in this situation, might be feeling like I need to protect my son from this person so that he doesn't end up like me and just kind of coming back to that rational place of like, we are parenting our son in the way that we want to parent our son and your dad having a relationship with him is not going to affect that at all because he takes him to the playground and goes down a slide with him or like whatever he's going to do when he sees his grandson. Like that's not, I think there might be an overprotective thing because he's experiencing that
0: yeah and i think maybe there's something unsaid also that she feels which is like if he could just randomly she said seemingly out of nowhere just decide that this person created this like traumatic awful thing like maybe there's a fear that he's gonna one day feel that about her right yeah that's a good point else
1: i don't know i don't know if this is the only person he's ever suddenly realized was toxic Totally. That's a great point. So I do think there's space that she needs to talk about whatever her fears, because she obviously feels strongly if she didn't care, she wouldn't be sending writing. the Christmas card and and writing into us. But like, yeah. going kind of over her husband's head and doing these things like she obviously cares for a reason. And I think he needs to hear what what's making this cut deeply for her, which may be what you just said. Or maybe it's just, I don't want my son being in the middle. Or maybe it's like, I, you know, I. it's yeah. hard to be married to someone that you think is making such a huge, irrational decision.
0: Or, I mean, I guess the answer is in the email in some aspects. She starts the email by saying like, I thought that family was really important to both of us. Mm-hmm. You know, she said that, like, what, like that's one of the first things she said. You know, I grew up in a close-knit family. I know it's unfair to expect this dynamic from everyone. But when we met, you said family was important to you. Right. So maybe there's this feeling of like, I'm getting a little bit of something different than I thought I was getting.
1: Totally. Yeah, like the bait and switch with like, you did you just say that because you like thought that's what I wanted to hear? Like, what did that mean to you? What do you really feel? I guess the tough part is, you know, some people will say, well, like family is only family if they act like family or that kind of thing. So maybe he does feel... Right really strongly about like he's still close to the other members of his family but not his dad but it does seem like the offense here is not estrangement worthy so but this may be like you know like i said the you know the husband's way of saying like this is this hurt me and everyone needs to know that and nobody seems to be like realizing how badly this thing hurt me whatever it is
0: right which you're right it could make him be sticking in deeper but I don't know
1: well good luck yeah try that out we'll see yeah we'll see I right. uh, just one more point on like this cult because I think this happens with a lot of couples where it's like when you want someone so badly to do something different or to understand your side or to change their perspective it makes us like terrible listeners and when we're right. not listen we're not listening and we're not validating that just ends up making it way way worse and this happens for everybody you know like totally. even yeah. little kids or anyone where it's like i try to talk you out of your feelings because i think you're overreacting and then you know whatever like it happens with my kids all the time where they're like upset about a thing and i'm kind of like no like she didn't mean it that way like you're Cause I'm kind of like you're five and you're irrational. Like that's not right. That's not how that person meant that comment. But if that doesn't help, it's not like I'll, he's going to be like, oh, what? You know what? Yeah, I don't think she meant it that way. He wants me to be like validating that that whatever that was hurt his feelings. So the best right. way to get him out of it is and to he like wants justice. <laughs> yes. The best way to get him out of it is to validate his way out of it. Then right. he'll willingly release versus being like forced to release
0: and i think it's true for like all kinds of like relationships like i feel like that with mike sometimes when we're fighting there's a sense of like you're only you think you're listening but you're only listening so that you can like to point out what you can refute
1: yes like you're not
0: really listening to like understand you're listening to like like you're in court yes to figure out how to like knock down that point
1: yes and it's very hard even when it's something like this where it's like i care about you and this perspective that you're having is hurting you like this your own perspective is causing you damage and i love you and i don't want you i want to change your perspective because i think it'll make you happier because i love you so sometimes that idea can block us from just really listening and being like okay let me reset let me just really try to understand and validate whatever there is. And then sometimes it just releases versus someone being like shoved into it. So I would try that.
0: Spring is the best time for us to start a new workout routine. It's our yearly collective warm up. Peloton is here for everyone's yearly warmup. This is the best time to get into a good rhythm, tap into your power and get ready for summer. I love working out with Peloton. I take their yoga classes multiple times a week. I also love Pilates. I just love that the classes on Peloton are so well done. The music is great. The instructors know what they're doing. I know everything's going to go super, super smoothly. It's an app I can trust. I always feel better after I take a Peloton class. Peloton accommodates your schedule with a variety of class links to choose from. Even if you only have five minutes, Peloton has classes for you, giving you the flexibility you need to move your body. Peloton has a range of class types fit for every goal and mood. If you can't run, take a walking class. If you want to level up, go to their Pilates or hit workouts or try yoga. If you just need to ground yourself, Peloton makes the process easier with personalized recommendations and guided programs that take the guesswork out of working out so you can jump right in, keeping your fitness journey fresh every day. Peloton is everything you need to get you where you're going. Whether you prefer to run outdoors, row, or ride at home, or strength train at the gym, Peloton has something for you. Get a head start on summer with Peloton at OnePeloton.com.
1: Spring is finally here and I love to embrace the changing seasons with a good spring cleaning, reorganizing, cleaning out my closet, fresh candles, and new decor, all great things, but none compare to the difference soft, breathable, all new bedding can make. Bowl and branch makes the dreamiest bedding for your spring refresh you'll sleep better right away with their buttery soft sheets airy blankets cloud-like duvets and so much more I love my new bowl and branch bedding everything is light and airy. I can feel the quality immediately. It's my favorite thing to sleep in the spring windows open with my and branch sheets. I fall right to sleep. It's the coziest feeling in the world. Bowling branches, signature sheets are the perfect way to start upgrading your sleep, buttery, soft, yet super breathable and made from the rarest, 100% organic cotton. These sheets feel incredible on night one and get softer and softer for years to come. Bowl and Branch Signature Sheets come in 14 versatile colors and in all sizes, from twin up to California king. And they offer a 30 night worry free guarantee. If you don't love them, you can send them right back. Sleep better with the softest, most breathable bedding from Bowl and Branch. Go to bowlandbranch.com and use code OVERSHARING for 15% off your first sheet set plus free shipping. That's bowlandbranch, B O L L A N D, branch.com code OVERSHARING for 15% off. Exclusions apply. See site for details.
0: All right, and now it's time for a special segment brought to you by The Knot Vendor Marketplace. With easy-to-use filters like location, rating, aesthetic, and more, The Knot helps take the stress out of your vendor search. Visit thenot.com slash oversharing to get started today. Each week, we answer an email from a listener who is looking for help setting intentions for their big day and help them quell their pre-wedding jitters. Let's get into this week's email. Hi, Jordana and Dr. Naomi. I'm a big fan of your podcast and listen every week. I'm looking for advice on how to stop overthinking timelines. I'm in my perfect relationship with my dream partner. He is not perfect, nor am I, but I love all of our relationship and love the way we listen and work together and through issues that arise. We're both 31, living together for about four months and together for 16 months. We are so obviously on the same page talking about marriage and our future marriage, kids, home, trips, and daily life, particularly him with constant lines like, Want to do the rest of our lives together with a big, genuine smile? Okay. Uh, I'm like, that's (laughs) cute. You're like, okay. Let's see it. Let's see the evidence. Let's see the the rock. Yeah. I genuinely love where we are and I'm so happy, but I'm also very excited for our future. However, I feel like everyone around me is getting engaged and married, having kids, or at the least, looking at rings together. And it's adding unwanted pressure. I have a great gut feeling we are close to, seeing as I get so much reinforcement to it, but I've been getting annoyed with my antsiness. I have tried cutting down social media, doing fun new things often, talking about things other than relationships, etc. Living and enjoying every moment. But I still find myself thinking about it when I have quiet moments and worse, investigating how long a couple has been together when I see their engagement announcements, comparing what the normal timeline is. Recently, for example, my boyfriend has been teasing my birthday surprise in a very coy way and I kept making it make sense that it could be an engagement. It was amazing, thoughtful surprise, but not a ring, leaving me annoyed at myself once again. How do I stop thinking about timelines? Help! Thanks so much for everything you do and I would love to hear your insight as to how to get out of my head. Love this long-winded, unnecessarily antsy batch.
1: Yeah, I, I really like this email. I think it's It's worthy of a lot of good discussion. One is the timeline in and of itself. And then two is this, I'd love to hear your perspective on this idea of like dating for a long time, talk about marriage, then how do we proceed? Because I think there's two ways to go about it. One way is like, okay, we're going to go ring shopping. And then you go ring shopping and then it's like pretty obvious that it's coming. Which sort of takes the surprise out of it, but it like quells some of the fears around whether or not It's going to happen. And the other one is like, I'm going to just pick out a ring. I'm going to maybe ask your friends. We're not going to like go ring shopping. I want this to be like a surprise. I want this to be a romantic thing. And I want to like pick out a ring for you and not have you pick out a ring. And then I buy it for you, which I think are two different ways of going about it. But some guys and women prefer like, I just want to get married. When you're ready, buy me a ring and give it to me. Hopefully I'll like it kind of thing. But what I've seen happen a lot is when you want it to be totally a surprise, you get into this time period where the guys or to stereotypically, the guy's like planning the proposal or the woman or whatever type of, you know, situation you're in, planning the proposal in his mind, mm-hmm. making it a surprise, all the while the girl is getting Antsy and anxious and irritable and it's like affecting their relationship negatively because she's waiting but he's kind of planning it but then he's like I come home and she's annoyed like after the birthday she's right. like not that thankful about the birthday because she's annoyed that it wasn't a proposal and now he's kind of like hmm that wasn't fun like I thought that was that's making me maybe not really want feel that close and warm to you and like want to propose because you were not that grateful about my birthday gift and I'm not saying that's this listener she sounds like she was grateful, but I see this dynamic a lot where like one person's Mm -hmm. kind of quietly planning an engagement while the other person's getting anxious and irritable about it. And then it affects the, you know, it like pushes it down the road because he's kind of like, oh, I was going to propose, but now you're in a bad mood.
0: That's why I think like a complete surprise is not super realistic. And I think almost like a little unhealthy in some ways, because I think engagement is a very important thing to happen in your life like aside from all the romantic parts of it, it is like a decision that is not to be taken lightly. It's a decision that you want to get married, Mm -hmm. which is in some ways harder than the actual marriage. Like the actual act of getting married is just like you following through with a plan that you agreed to. So I think it should be like discussed and I think a general timeline should be discussed. It sounds like to me, like there's been no general timeline that's been- Right. It's been more like these- comments. Little comments of like you want to be together forever or you know like talking about your future together and I don't think it would be like unromantic or like ruin the whole thing for her to be like so I've been thinking like when do you think you would like to get engaged? Mm -hmm. I think that like they, she probably just hasn't had that kind of straightforward discussion with him and it doesn't have to be like Tuesday May 12th at this like it doesn't have to be like ruining the surprise but it could be like I figured when we were together for like a year. Right. You know, or like two years, like whatever whatever his thought is, and then she'll find out if that's wildly different than her expected timeline, which sounds like it's like now. Yes.
1: <laughs> totally. But I, I, I couldn't agree more. I think that having a pre conversation where it doesn't have to even go so far as like ring shopping, it could just be mm-hmm. a timeline. Conversation. What are you thinking? This is how I feel. Even it can be, it can be like a romantic, loving conversation where you're like, I've been having so much fun with you. I love you. And I'll be honest, like, I've been thinking a lot about like the rest of our lives together. And I'm wondering, you know, where you are on that. Like, do you see us getting engaged? Is that something you want? And like, what's your time frame? I think that's a great conversation. I do think that conversation probably needs to be had, and I have a feeling from everything he's saying that that he's thinking about that, but it might just quell. Part of the timeline quelling piece Mm -hmm. is just having that conversation, knowing that it's in the cards, knowing that he's on the same page because he said it clear as day, and that might help her relax a little bit.
0: Because you could say that after 16 months and be like, oh, I feel like couples should be together for at least three years before they get engaged. Like he could be think he could be both be saying that and believe it, but also be like, oh, but like we haven't even been together for two years. So I or she's thinking it's going to happen now. And I think that's really the fact that there is no general sense of how long he he could make it even more like, I, I guess I think there's merit to what you're saying about like, you know, general sense of timeline. But you can also say, like, how long do you think a couple should date before they get engaged? yeah like if you wanted to make it sounds like he's been a little bit more straightforward so maybe she doesn't need to go that
1: right yeah i could see that i could see that being like a for a different couple who's you know hasn't even said as much as like let's spend the rest of our lives together kind of thing i think it would be good for her to come straight out with it and then she can chill out because he's going to need time to do whatever he's going to do and hopefully you can relax on it once you have a little bit of more clear conversation about what he's looking for.
0: Right, because she's just assuming that he wants to get married now. Right. And that doesn't sound like he said anything to indicate that.
1: Yeah, so I'm curious, because I think you kind of went through this a little bit. Yeah. I think you were sort of ready before Mike was ready, and I don't know if you had this timeline conversation or if you were kind of doing the waiting around thing. Yeah, I think I was.
0: he was like, I want to live together for a, a, like a while before we get engaged. It's mm-hmm. like I've seen people live together and it doesn't work out and I like want to see what it's like like to live together. Right. And he wanted to live together for like a year and I was kind of like, I don't know. That feels if, like too long. That feels like a while. Like I don't know what you could need from to living together for a year that you don't need, that you wouldn't figure out in six months or right. whatever it was. So we were like, but we both like agreed that that was like what we were heading towards. And then once we were living together and we had like a, a generalized timeline and like I think there was maybe like a little friction in the sense that like I wanted it to be sooner than he did, but he did want it as well. So it was like short lived.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And then in my mind, I was like, all right, so we're going to live together for a year and then he's going to propose or if he's not going to propose, then we're going to have like an issue.
1: Right. Right. Right.
0: <laughs> like, which I think is fine because it was kind of like, that's what my standard was for like, his standard was live together for a while or maybe like a shorter time frame. but I'm also like an
1: equal partner in this. And so
0: it kind of of involves like a compromised state of mind.
1: Totally. But even that, so that conversation brings me back to this like generalized timeline box that we live in. And I think that's really her question. So I wonder if you're open, like for you Mm -hmm. kind of comparing maybe perhaps an anxiously awaiting feeling of the timeline of engagement and now having like an anxiously awaiting timeline of like getting pregnant and like whatever the next one is. And I think that if you're the type of person that does that and social media doesn't help, like she said, seeing other people getting engaged, seeing other people having babies. But in her case, I'm sure like, oh, let me scroll back and see like when they first posted each other. And now how many years later it is, like, how long have they been together? And just that that makes that like puts you in such a prison of your own Mm -hmm. mind that then you can't really enjoy the relationship.
0: No, I agree. I don't think the solution is like, don't have any timelines for anything ever like I think it's good to have goals by what you'd like to accomplish certain things I don't think there's anything wrong with that in itself I think it's more like how intensely you need it to be that way like you can have like a loose outline for like the way you'd like your life to go I don't
1: think that that's bad do you I don't know I think a loose outline, I guess, is fine. But when it comes to these types of things, look, if you're with a person, you can. I think you can say, I don't want to be like led on or dragged through the mud, you know, mm-hmm. halfway through my life by someone who doesn't intend to get married. And you might be like, yeah, I really want to, you know, like for you, for example, you, if he said live together for a year, and then he was like, you know what, I think we need another year. I could see you being like, nope, not yeah. doing another year, like here's my timeline, because you have a tangible thing in front of you that's in front of you that you sort of can say, like, what's the issue? Let's troubleshoot, right. let's figure it out. But I think when it's these bigger picture things, like, I need to meet my husband by the time I'm 30, or I need to get pregnant by the time I'm 35, or whatever those things are, where it's like, there's nothing you can really do about it. So like, right, then the timeline is just a prison in your mind if there's nothing you can do about it, which there really isn't when you're like looking to meet a person or even in your case where you're like, all right, Right. he's not gonna be ready for a year, there's nothing I can, I'm not gonna rush him, I'm not gonna push him, he needs a year, so I'm gonna put this timeline out of my head for a year and then come back to it and be like, okay, here's the year, what's the issue, what can we do? Either I can leave, I can stay, we can change something that's not working, But just like these general vague timelines because they're in comparison to what you're seeing on social media, those are the ones that I think are not helpful.
0: Well, I think it's tougher because for women, there also is like that biological aspect of it. So it can feel like you need to have a sense of where you're going because the time isn't limitless or at least it's shorter than men's in that way. Right. So, and I think that even if men don't go through that, they can be understanding of that. An understanding of you wanting a sense of like knowing you're on the same page that you're headed for the same thing, and yes. the generally the sense of in the generally same time frame.
1: Right. I think the big issue is the uncertainty of like, is this going to be the person, or am I wasting my time waiting for this person, who's then right. going to decide that I'm not the one? So yeah. I think even if he said to her, "Yes, it's me and you. I feel very sure about this." but I'm not, re- not going to be ready for another two years. Maybe that would still feel okay with her, even though her timeline might be six months. or
0: It might, yeah. Or somewhere in between there where they right. would both, you know. Because I think it's not always the case that two people want the same thing at the exact same time. Right, totally. Like there's usually some sort of difference with two people of anything. What do you want to eat? What do you want for dinner? Mm-hmm. What do I want for dinner? How do mm-hmm. we figure out something that will make us both happy like just because we don't want the same thing for dinner every night doesn't mean we're incompatible right
1: no i agree i just think when it comes to marriage like oftentimes we had a question the other day that was like the the statistic that 50 percent of marriages end in divorce like scares the crap Mm -hmm. out of me like how do i move forward and i do think that of that 50 percent a large percentage of those and this is just me this isn't research-based this is my hunch So I'll Mm -hmm. give it that caveat. Well, you've
0: done a lot of couples therapy, so you probably know.
1: Yeah, a large percentage of those are people that sort of were pressured into marriage in a way that they didn't feel totally sure about on the day that they got married. Whether it's like, well, our families are intertwined or this thing, how am I going to do with this? And we have a dog and that's going to be really hard. Or she's saying she's going to break up with me if I don't propose or you know this type of thing where sometimes those feel pressured but i i get it she's entitled and i think ultimately have the conversation but the timeline issue in general i do think it's healthy for people to try to release that when there is nothing you can do about it like
0: but i'm saying beyond that conversation there's nothing she can do about it but i think that she can still have that conversation totally i think that's healthy to i think don't you think it's weird to not have that conversation
1: yes well maybe right. he thinks it's enough that he's making these like offhand comments. But yes, I agree. But that's like an assumption. Like totally could be just something people say like I don't want to
0: post to you because <laughs> I think that it's too painful for me when we break up. I'll
1: just be crying the whole time. Pressing yes. the delete button. <laughs> yes. 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 I totally think they should she she needs to get some reassurance. She's looking for reassurance. He's there. Ask him for it. Tell him how you feel i see these other people getting engaged it's making me feel a little bit you know uneasy and let's talk about it
0: i also just think it's like kind of annoying that as a woman i'm just going on like a societal rant now that as a woman you're just like supposed to like go after everything in your life but when it comes to like getting engaged you just have to like sit back and like wait and like wait for them to like decide when the time is it's like why is why is that the case like why can't i have more agency in my own life in my own yes like
1: time that i want to move something i just have to like wait around for you to surprise me with a ring she could ask him (laughs) and the answer would either be yes or no i mean she's gonna have to take whatever the answer is but she could theoretically ask him
0: my therapist had suggested that to me at one point and i had relayed that idea to mike and he really didn't like it at all Mm. (laughs) he was like i really he was like i really would have hated that so i'm glad you didn't do
1: that that's (laughs) funny it's like motivational interviewing it's like oh well you know why don't you just do the thing that you keep saying that you want to do and it's like nope i actually don't really want to do that thing at all um yeah that's true
0: (laughs) i just get in a whole thing about how i should take it into my own hands right
1: but Yeah. I mean, I agree with you. It is sort of archaic that it's like, you know. It just
0: feels like you're waiting around to be chosen by someone to decide that you're like marriable when like it should be this two way conversation.
1: It's a very interesting thought experiment to just think about what our I wonder how our whole society would change and even our dating podcasts and the dating culture if for just turned out to be that women were the askers and men were waiting to be chosen. Like how it would turn the whole thing on its head and how much probably more power women would feel in dating if it was that way.
0: I think they'd get married a lot younger.
1: Interesting. <laughs> 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 well, look, yeah, talk about it. But so I have I have a general releasing the timeline intention for her, which I think That's is great. we talk about it all the time in terms of like right now it's this timeline, then it's going to be another timeline, then it's going to continue indefinitely. So releasing my attachment to timelines will bring freedom now and in the future. Because it's, there's always going to be comparisons, who's doing what, when, all the way up to, and we talk about this all the time, when are my kids are having getting married before your kids are getting married. My kids are, I'm becoming a grandma before you're becoming a grandma. Like it will be never ending if you let it be never ending. There's always, people want the next thing, the next new thing, the next thing that's gonna bring them meaning. And it's not a bad thing. We all want new and different types of meaning and experiences in life. But be patient, let life unfold. We're just spinning on a rock in the middle of the universe.
0: It's all completely meaningless. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Nothing uh, matters. <laughs> Very true. Just yeah. keep telling yourself that. This is That's all my this. intention. Yes. Yeah,
0: <laughs> Thanks again to our sponsor, The Knot Vendor Marketplace. When searching for that special someone to bring your wedding vision to life, it helps to have the inside scoop. And The Knot's got it. Maybe you want an ice cream cake to commemorate your first date at a Sunday shop or to hire a marching band as a nod to your first kiss at band camp. Whatever feels authentically you, find it on The Knot Vendor Marketplace. Thousands of couples who know what it's like to be in your shoes have left reviews and ratings, helping you connect with vendors you can trust. All you have to do is visit com slash oversharing to find top-rated vendors near you. That's The Knot, spelled K-N-O-T. Newly is a great value at $98 a month for any six styles. But right now, you can get $20 off your first month of Newly when you sign up with the code OVERSHARING20. Just go to N-U-U-L-Y.com, that's Newly with two U's, and enter the code OVERSHARING20 and sign up to get $20 off your first month. That's N-U-U-L-Y.com, Newly with two
1: U's, with code OVERSHARING20. Newly subscription clothing rental, change your clothes. We've all been there You want to read our first trigger? Sure, I'll read it. A bit of background, my partner and I have been together for almost eight years. Almost two years ago, we broke up for a couple of months before deciding we wanted to work through our issues and get back together. Since then, while we've certainly had our ups and downs, but ultimately the breakup has opened the door for us to have important conversations and communicate in a way that we were never able to before. I know Dr. Naomi has said in previous episodes that couples who go through cheating or breakups can often come out on the other side with a completely different outlook on how to communicate and that's definitely been the case for us.
0: I don't know if you've said that about breakups. I know you've said that about
1: cheating. Yeah, I've said that about cheating. I do think breakups can do, I, I agree with her. I think like the fear of losing a relationship can help you be forced to communicate about what went wrong or what you need to do or, so I I think, I don't know if, uh, that I've said it. I can but see how it would work. I agree. Here's where my trigger comes in. I recently went for dinner with a friend and opened up to her about how my partner and I have been going through a difficult time with his mental health and how for a while it was causing him to act distant in the relationship. I told her that we had to do a lot of work, both individually and together, to work through how to best support each other and readjusted some boundaries so that we could both feel taken care of as he continues to work through his mental health journey in therapy and on his own. I shared with her, mostly to just update her because she asked how things were going between us, but I immediately regretted it when she responded in a very judgmental way. She went on a whole tirade about how, quote, 90% of the time couples who break up and get back together don't make it. And, quote, obviously things aren't working in the relationship, and it sounds like you're in a really bad place. Oof! I was completely taken aback because this was not what I was trying to say to her at all. I shared this with her to express how glad I was that we were able to communicate through an issue like this in contrast to our pre-breakup relationship where we would have probably swept this under the rug. I resisted being too defensive and told her that I actually felt like I was in a good place, but that I appreciate that she was trying to look out for me. I acknowledge that I am definitely more sensitive to outside judgment about our relationship since we broke up, but this completely triggered me. I'm curious if this was upsetting because of my own issues or if this is objectively a triggering situation. I would love to hear your thoughts. Thanks for all you do. A super sensitive batch.
0: I think this is very triggering. Same. Sounds like exactly not what she was looking for out of the conversation. It's annoying when you try to be like vulnerable and open with someone and be like real with them and then you get judged. Yes. You know, I think that's like the real triggering part because it's sort of like you're doing the work to like create a strong relationship, not just with a partner, but with this friend. I think like if you have, like the worst is when you talk to someone and they just pretend their life is perfect and that they have no issues. And to me, this would be like a really interesting conversation to hear and to like be met with judgment to that is just sort of like the complete opposite of what you would be looking for.
1: Totally. And I hear this a lot where when people are in relationships, sometimes their friendships can break down because of exactly this, the fear of if I tell them what's really happening in my relationship and I really talk about like the real parts of my relationship that are imperfect, I'm going to get judged. My relationship is going to get judged. My partner is going to get judged. They're going to think poorly about my partner. They're going to have an opinion about everything that's happening. And so therefore the alternative, like you said, is they say, how's it going with you and Mike, and the answer is great, Mm -hmm. end of conversation. No intimacy, no opening up, no real bonding. And then the other person then starts to feel like, whoa, everything's so great with her. Like I'm not gonna share my issues. She's not sharing any of her issues. Now everyone's just going out to brunch and pretending their relationships are perfect.
0: Which makes everyone feel worse about their own relationships because none of them are perfect and you're only hearing about the perfect stuff. And I mean, even even I on this show can feel like, fear of being judged not by you, but by anyone who's listening who just heard me talk about how Mike didn't want to marry me immediately. Right. uh, On the same page as me. And now, you know, the the worst part of my brain goes to now everyone thinks he hates me. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Oh my God. I can't
1: believe they're married. Their marriage is never going to work. He didn't, you know. Yeah. I mean, I
0: always, I always talk about like the Our Story page, which I make fun of a lot on You Up with Jared, just because it's such a glossed over version of like the story of your relationship where it's like, you know, they met and then he knew she was the one right after. And like, really, like, that's usually not the case. Like, usually, like, there's like a little bit of like some friction in getting places and people just don't talk about it on the our story page of your wedding website. Because it's not as romantic.
1: That would be suit. That would be like a super therapeutic, actually, like couples exercise to write like the real our story. And then you can edit it and put. (laughs) put the one that you want everyone to see but like as you're writing it to kind of be like let's not bullshit here you know like you right. were distant for the first six months and then I threatened to break up with you and then you like realized you were going to lose me and finally decided that whatever you know like whatever the thing was
0: a real where, story where yeah. the real
1: story it would be very therapeutic because it kind of takes it like brings out all those wounds and allows you to heal each other and like talk about it so it doesn't fester under the surface but I and I think this this exact issue that she's talking about where someone opens up about the flaws and the struggles in a relationship and is met with this i think it causes friendship problems in lots of ways not just with people that are in relationships but people that are single that are not in relationships and then they just think you're really, like you're so happy and perfect your relationship is perfect and like i can't relate to you because I'm single and you're in like this perfect relationship with no problems. Like they could make the single people feel a little bit more connected and close. That's kind of like, okay, well my struggle is like, I'm looking to meet someone and your struggle is you're with someone. And like, he's struggling with depression, which is now like your problem also. And your right. life doesn't seem so perfect. I'm not saying people need to create problems where there are none, but I do think if you're going through something, hiding it from your friends, for fear of exactly this type of reaction um, is really, I don't know. It's just, it's an, a huge impediment to connection and and Intimacy, intimacy and, yeah. yeah.
0: And I think people think of intimacy as like just a romantic thing, but friendship intimacy, like that's what a, that's the difference between like a real friend and like someone that you are friendly with. Totally. To me. Yeah. Like it's that level of like, can I tell you something personal about myself that without being judged and just, and so that you get to know me on a better level. Mm
1: -hmm. Yeah, having strong opinions about how other people are leading their lives is sometimes a problem in friendships too. Like it sounds like that's what this friend, she just like jumped in and she's like, whoa, this seems like a lot, like this probably isn't a healthy relationship instead of being like, you know what, I really admire that you guys are working through this because that's what ultimately long-term relationships are about. Yeah, triggering, yes, I, I feel like this is triggering. I'd give
0: it like a seven. Yeah, seven I was going to say seven. Validated. <laughs> give her the validated stamp. Stamp. Okay. okay. let one more. Okay. Hi, Jordan and Dr. Naomi. Big fan longtime listener of You Up DST and now oversharing. Thanks for all that you do. I have a triggered scenario. I was recently asked to be a bridesmaid in a wedding. A few weeks later, the bride asked me if I would straighten my hair for her wedding day. I have naturally curly hair that I now take a lot of pride in. It's been a long journey for me to love my hair. I spent years trying to brush out my curls, braid it, wear it up, or only feeling pretty when I got it straightened at the salon after a haircut. I somewhat recently began my curly hair journey, and I started taking better care of it, and it's totally changed my hair itself and my outlook as well. As a result, I haven't straightened my hair in years. Her reasoning is that she doesn't want me to look different from all the other bridesmaids who will have their hair straight with big curls from a curling iron. I can't help but feel like my natural self isn't good enough. Should I just do it to appease her? How triggered should I be? Sincerely curly haired Betch. Well, she's in luck. She has two very curly haired sisters to answer this question. Ten.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What do you think? How would you feel? I just think it's so rude. Aside from like anything else, like I agree. It's like being like, oh, can you cover that pimple on your face before the pictures? Like, it's just so absurd. So, lo- so you
0: lose your identity and look like the other bridesmaids? Right, oh, gosh. I've heard about this, like, with so many, when especially when I used to host the Brides podcast, so many wedding emails. It's like people being asked to cover up their tattoos to, like, you know, the hair. it reminds me of Sorority Rush. Yeah, I was, was going like, to say,
1: this was, like, one yeah. of the, the first... One of the first Betches like blog posts that I was rolling on the floor was the sorority rush like outing of like yeah, all of the nonsense. that was the real
0: dress code. It was like, you can't wear pants. We're limiting the number of girls with curly hair.
1: If you're allowed <laughs> to keep your hair curly, we'll email you. Oh <laughs> my gosh. It's. Like, it's just so terrible for women's self-esteem. Like, accepting yourself is just, and it, honestly, it would just make everyone a better human and a better friend if they love themselves as they are. Like, this is the problem with, like, middle right. school and high school and college and I've, yeah. all of it.
0: And almost like it makes, I mean, I think it's messed up, but it almost makes more sense for, like, a sorority or for, like, if you're in, like, the Rockettes, there's a way that they wear their hair. Fine. It's like, that's your uniform. Fine.
1: Almost. This is like your friend,
0: right? (sighs) This is your friend who like you've chosen because they're your good friend to like, because they are who they are.
1: And now you want to change who they are and what they look like. Can you just enlighten me? I'm just so confused on like what it matters to you that when you look at that photo, and first of all, most people are not like picking the photo of their entire bridal party to like enlarge and hang on the wall in their living room. Right. I don't know. Those are like an internet abyss, those pictures of bridesmaids. (laughs) (laughs) Right. Like that's that's not the photo that you're like putting up in your house, first of all. Even if it – like what is the idea of like this person's photo needs to have everyone in this identical shape of silhouette or whatever? Like what is that? I think it's like you
0: want a certain aesthetic. And when you're in it, I think you can become obsessed with like – this perfection of this like uniformity or maybe she just thinks her friend looks better with straight hair and she wants everyone to look hotter in the pictures. That's also a possibility.
1: I feel like this is a rabbit hole. I'm sorry. I love you all, all the brides. I know it's so easy to get stuck in this, like, this like cyclone of wedding stuff. But the idea, like to me, you needing to like change your friends and make them, look pretty enough to be in your wedding is like missing the entire point. Like you're lost at that point. Right, I mean, do you, where do you think
0: the line is in terms of like wearing the same dress color, wearing the same dress? Yeah, like, that's think it, that's, that's the line. That's the line, okay.
1: You get to pick out the dress, the dress color, whatever whatever you want. Even if you wanna pick out the dress shape, which I think most people don't do anymore because they realize like people are not gonna all feel that. comfortable yeah. in the same cut, but like.
0: yeah. Well, what I will say is a happy wedding day is happy bridesmaids who feel and look like they're happy and they are themselves and they look
1: how they want to look. Right. And this is like a PSA for women out there everywhere, starting from the age of 11 to 50 something. I think at that point, most, a lot of women get it together, but it's like, if your friends are confident and love themselves and you make them feel amazing about themselves genuinely, they are going to be such better friends to you because they're not going to feel jealous or self-conscious or insecure and comparing themselves to you. So like, as soon as you can make your friends feel like they are beautiful and amazing and perfect and that you love them just the way they are, unless they're being mean or unkind or like there's right. something like, I or just
0: curly hair. <laughs> ah,
1: yeah. Yeah. like you know, love your girls, build them up. Like, so there's a curly haired girl in the picture. It just, it's not worth the damage that you're going to do by making them feel badly about themselves. Those are the best friendships are the like friendships with people where you're building each other up and you're making each other feel really good about, you know. I agree. I think you realize
0: that the older you get.
1: Yeah, it's so hard. I mean, we're all competitive. It's just in our nature and that, Happens forever, but these groups of girls, and I know you guys are out there listening to me. If you're not really genuinely happy for your friends and you're jealous of your friends or you're, you know, making them feel insecure, it's only going to come back to bite you because they're going to be passive aggressively jealous and not that happy for you. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So build each other up, love each other, make each other feel great and wear your hair however you want. Agreed. That's my two cents.
0: I'd give it a six.
1: Yeah, I was joking with a ten. It's not really a ten. But yeah, I think for rudeness, just the rudeness of asking, I'd give it more like a seven. Okay. It's one thing to want that. It's one thing if she's like... Right.
0: I secretly wish she would... Right. Even if she told
1: another friend and she found out that she told another... ballsy. Ballsy to ask straight up. Just deal with it. She has curly hair. Like that's on your to-do list. Ask. Josie, and she's been wearing her hair like that for years. And she and she's confident in it after all these years of doing it. Brushing out the curls, never brush out the curls. Don't do it. (laughs) (laughs) All right, that's our time. Great work today.
0: Oversharing is produced by Sean Kilby, Jorge Morales Pico, and Rebecca Sausmecat.
1: Editing by Basilio Perez. Guest booking by Allie Friedlander. Send your advice emails to oversharing at betches.com or leave us a voicemail at 646-363-6294.
0: Thank you to our sponsor, First Response. A lot of us test more than once. That's why First Response created the Triple Check Pregnancy Test Kit, which includes three different tests all in one box. The kit includes the early results pregnancy test, one digital pregnancy test, plus one rapid result pregnancy test that gives you fast results in just one minute on the day of your missed period or any day thereafter. Each test in the kit offers a different way to learn your results so when the time comes, you feel as confident as possible. All first response pregnancy test products are available for purchase at all major retailers in-store and online. Be sure to pick one up today. Betches.